Boom. What is up, my friend? Hey, Travis. Happy uh, Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Good holiday weekend. Hope everybody out there had a had a good holiday weekend. Do you? I do. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> do I really care? I don't know. Will so, you ever say to somebody, "I hope you had a bad weekend"? Yeah, hope you had a hope you had a crappy <laughs> holiday. Just to make yourself feel better about your life. Oh my God. I don't know, man. I was hot at my house. I spent a fair amount of time uh, in the sun. So uh, dicey at my age, but <laughs> I am. Uh, you got to stay cool. Yeah, stay cool. Do you I ever s- wear those um, those like neck wrap things that you can soak in water and they cool you down? I have when we're playing golf. You don't right? play golf. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I suck. But, uh, you know, athletics not really my thing. But, uh, yeah, I have some of those. Uh, I've, I've had those things. I've also played golf, like, uh, in Palm Springs in the summer. Yeah, that's terrible. Because it's $25 on a <laughs> yeah, course. Yeah, because nobody's there. Right. And and so you get to play. You can play. Like, I had a friend that used to set up this this uh, golf thing every year for a bunch of guys mostly. But there, was, there ended up being some wives and stuff. And he had a place out there. Or he has a place out there. And so we would play golf. So they want to play three rounds of golf, right? Start early in the morning when it's a little cooler. Then the heat of the day, oh, my God, 209, 206, you know. I mean, 100. 200? Where are you playing <laughs> wait, golf? Wait, Afghanistan? Wait, on the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the – on the, uh, yeah, I'm not going to – it's too soon for any Afghanistan joke. So I'm going to say, yeah, 106, right? And so, um, yeah, at that point, uh, we had all kinds of towels and stuff. We we had. Uh, I thought you said it was too soon for Afghanistan jokes. Well, not making it Afghanistan. You said talking, towels. Oh, oh, not, oh man! <laughs> wow! Oh, come on! Lighten that up. is that is Travis.com. <laughs> Please send your yeah. uh, your hate mail to Travis. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice and warm in my house. I understand this week's going to be much warmer than the weekend was. So, um, kind of looking forward to that. Now, are we saying this is climate change or this is, uh, just weather? Is it hot? What are we saying here? Summertime. I, I don't, this is normal. As normal far summer, as can, right? As far as I can tell. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, I think that we are in a, you know, another drought, which is, Sad because I thought I, we just barely got out of the last one, so then this started up again. We had some really a couple of really wet seasons, which caused a lot of growth. Which and then we would go back to the drought, and which makes it, fire, which makes a lot of fire. Yeah. So things are tough up north, I think. But what people don't realize, I think, who are outside of California, is this is the time of year where we start to get our hottest months. I think September yeah. and October. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories in the news about fires in Northern California, yeah. uh, but SoCal's fire season isn't until usually October. I don't want to say, you know, I, I'm like, I was going to say like, wow, we haven't had you know much in the way of fires down here, but that's probably to come. So isn't it crazy? I, I, we have a fire season. Well, yeah, and it's much longer than it used to be. I know. I mean, we've always had a fire season, but um, yeah, so that's all. That's all. To how much of that is climate change? I, I have no idea. So. Um, Sure seems like it. I don't know. You know, still hearing stuff from uh, Hurricane Ida and uh, what a mess that is back all the way up I know. through New York and everything, right? So, Well, they're saying there's still, what, a half a million people without power? Yeah, I heard something like that, 700,000, so it's probably down to half a million now. And then 
And then there's still a lot of flood damage and stuff way farther north than I would have expected. Right. I understand a lot of flooding in New York and stuff. So Yeah, you see those images from the subway and things, yeah. the water creeping down? Yeah, and then people's some people died in their basements or something like that up in upstate or somewhere in New York. I don't know where. I, I saw some reports about that, and of course, the most extreme on the left, the progressives trying to suggest that that is somehow uh, a political issue, and it's you know uh, another example of inequities and all the because these people live in basements. Do you buy into that shit? Well, I didn't hear that uh, per se, but it, I can but imagine <laughs> hearing it, to be <laughs> right? honest with you. So that's a little too far for me. Um, I mean, you know, there's always going to be somebody living in the basement, right? So I, I just don't know what to say about that. I think, you know, I just don't think you can take something like like flooding from a hurricane and turn it into that kind of a right-left kind of issue. So. For me, I mean, the real issue is, okay, was this hurricane, have the hurricanes gotten worse? Is there a reason we can tie to anything? I don't know that I don't know that I know that one way or the other. It certainly seems like it, you know, but, you know, anecdotally, I mean, it seems like there's been a lot. And that was a big hurricane, think, right? So, yeah. No, it was. Uh, do you think that, um, I mean, clearly... I think the progressives, like I just stated, uh, are making climate change a political issue. And, and examples like hurricanes, right? The number of hurricanes and storms and things that we have, whether or not it's increased and they're trying to tie it to climate change. Are, are you aware, are Republicans uh, completely saying, no, it's not? Or are they saying it's, uh, you know, I mean, of course, they're denying the climate change thing. But what about specifically on, you know, hurricanes and frequency of storms? And is that a political hot button for them? You know, I, I I think they would like to make it a wedge issue, but I, I think they might be, you know, they might be hesitating a little bit on that. I mean, you know, I heard something um, just in general about climate change. It's been almost 30 years that people have been saying, hey, there's man in, man-induced man climate change coming. It's got to be longer than that, We've right? We've done nothing, and, and so we're still not, we're barely thinking about, doing something about it so i think when we find out that we waited too long and missed really we've missed the window um i think everybody's gonna be sad right but i think it's it's true that we really have there's been so much back and forth about the legitimacy of it and and look here's what it is the things you need to do to to try to make the climate change issues better are gonna be are going to be cost money and are going to be hard for things like the oil industry and things. And so you have some really powerful special interest groups that that apparently do not give a shit about the effects of climate change and, and, and they don't want to see their own personal situations negatively affected by trying to do something about it. So we just have not had the political will to really push the politicians to do something about it. I think this week I heard something that um, it's going to be infrastructure. I mean, Biden wants to get off the hurricane damage and off Afghanistan. As you know, if those two things are. He's taking a shellacking on Afghanistan. Yeah, and, and that's okay. I don't think he. I think he knew that going in. To be honest with you, I just don't think any of that's really going to stick. It's going to hurt his 
numbers for what that difference that makes right now. He's he doesn't have a re-election campaign for three well, we, more we, years. We, we talked about that last week, though. Mm-hmm. About and I gave him credit. Yeah, and still did. do. Yeah, but I think. Um, if if there's going to be damage done to him, why not be in the first year, right? He's got plenty of time to recover. Right, exactly. And so Afghanistan, I mean, I think that was part of the calculus, right? I mean, they, the Biden administration, I'm, I, I'm positive that they weighed the pros and cons of pulling the plug on this thing. And I think in the long run, two years down the road, three years down the road, they're going to look back and say, hey, that was extremely brave of him in the face of the negative political out, uh, fallout from that move, and and that was never to be avoided. And can, so, can you imagine how much shit Biden or any future president will take if they even suggest that we should go back to Afghanistan for whatever reason? Well, Afghanistan? Yeah. yeah. I well, mean, I, let's say there's another attack on the U.S. Let's say that the remaining, what is it, 100 Americans can't get out, and that turns into a war. I mean, can you imagine trying to make the uh, argument why we need to go back there? Uh, you know, as far as 100 Americans stuck in Afghanistan, hey— you fuckers should not have been there to start out with. That was <laughs> stupid on your part. You know one of the reasons why I'm 65? Because you don't make I don't, stupid decisions? I don't do stupid shit. I don't <laughs> put myself in stupid, dangerous situations that I can't get out of. Um, and, you know, it's Well, sad. now, right, as an adult. The whole way. Well, I mean, in your youth, and your crazy m- days. Maybe Did less. you ever drive drunk? Well, yeah. <laughs> did so, you ever yes. did you ever mouth off to a police officer? No, that I've never done. Really? What about the story you told me with you and a buddy on a some That wasn't me mouthing off oh, to okay. him. That was my friend, just a quick <laughs> review. That was my friend uh uh telling this uh, big bald-headed white cop and his big bald-headed black cop uh, partner that he was going to do everything from acid to from aspirin to acid, and uh, they couldn't stop him. That wasn't me, of course. That was me going, "Shut the fuck <laughs> up! I don't want." So, yeah. would you ever jump out of an airplane? Uh, no, that's not something I'm going to do. Would you have in your youth? No, never. Uh, uh-uh, no. That's just that's just one of those things. Like, hey, I'm in a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> Why would I jump out? Would you ever ride a motorcycle? I've ridden a motorcycle before it's you know so would i do it in the future probably not because my chances of surviving a fall at this point are slim i mean that's true just from you standing let alone on a motorcycle but that's <laughs> right. now well you've seen that for firsthand so <laughs> but you grew up in the evil knievel era right mm-hmm. i mean did you ever i wanted a motorcycle when i thought it would be cheaper than a car and it would give me mobility right so that was my big plan um, before I realized that you got to set your sights a little higher than the cheapest way to do everything in right. your fucking life. That was that was something I kind of learned from growing up that always looking for, you know, it was something my dad was kind of good at, right? Can, he keeps all this stuff, and then he could always find a way, a cheaper way to do something uh, because he had this, the junk to put it together. Uh, and so I kind of started out, but then as I started to work and make more money and hung around people that were more successful than my parents, no offense to them, I started to realize that, hey, you don't always have to find the cheapest-ass way to do everything, right? Or do it yourself. Sometimes set your sights on something, you know, at the top end of the spectrum and go for it. And and so, yeah. Um, so I, at a time, there was a time where, oh, uh, I'll get a, a small motorcycle, you know? I'll get a small motorcycle, and that'll be a lot cheaper than a car. And then I just realized that, hey, I need a car because there's no way you can, there's no way you can go to a drive-in in a motorcycle. 
Were you single then when you were contemplating your motorcycle? Yeah, I was a kid. Oh, I didn't okay. even have a driver's license. Oh, well, that makes We all did that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I had the magazines with the cheap, you know, wow, I can pick up this. I mean, motorcycles were really cheap back then, right? Yeah. A few hundred dollars for a, you know, for a 100cc you know, dirt bike or something that you could actually ride on the street. Well, you need more than 100ccs. Well, you know, I just never really got into it. <laughs> I was never into the biker kind of, you know, uh, culture. So, you know. That really, you know, Harley Davidson and all that kind of stuff didn't really appeal to me. I mean, I thought it was cool. I looked at it. I had magazines and posters and stuff, but I didn't, uh, I didn't really want to pursue it. And then but, I but just got in the cars. Yeah, you're still like a fast car guy. I like cars. Yeah. So okay, tie tie that into you know this climate change discussion. That's just sad. That's just sad. I know. What do you? I mean, what about? Yeah. Can you envision the loss of the internal combustion engine? I mean, is that going to just break your heart? Mm, is it going to break my heart? I don't think so. Um, uh, you know, I kind of have my the car I always wanted. I've had a couple of them. And what about that zombie green one with the bigger grill? <laughs> <laughs> what he's talking about are BM, BMW's current um, uh, style of having these giant grills on some of their models, and I'm just waiting for that to pass. I mean, you know, I'm a huge BMW car fan. And but you know to be honest with you, uh, I think the first one I bought was a two thousand BMW five twenty eight i, and and it was one of the classic all time classic models, right? They they have platform names for them. I can't remember what that E thirty nine or whatever it was, and it's they've gone through three or four since then, and there's been some styling cues in some of them that I really fucking hate. And the, the current thing that I hate, the only thing I hate currently in BMW styling, are these giant, they have the trademark kidney grills in the front. It's, that's what they call them. Cause there's like, look like, two but they're kind of small, right? Well, they should be small, but they've, they've turned it to giant ones. And there's all these memes online where there's just two big kidney grills and four wheels and that's it. So <laughs> if you don't, if you don't need, you know, air intake basically to cool off your engine because it's electric, then do you even need those at all? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, there'll be some form of the kidney grill on the, on the, there's an electric 2021 or 2022 sedan from BMW. I don't think, you know, their first foray was that little square weird one with the thin wheels yeah. from two or three years ago. Didn't really, didn't really make it. I don't think um, the new one should be better, but I don't want an electric car that looks like a vacuum cleaner. I, that's not what I'm – a hand vac. I'm, you know, I mean, Prius is just – they have just knocked the ball out of the park on making their cars look like – Yeah, they've doubled down on like stupidity. Like a buster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst styling ever. <clears throat> but I think there's some, some – I think, you know, we're right on the – Right on the edge of some good-looking electric vehicles. I mean, they don't have to look stupid. They they just I don't know why they design them that way. They don't have to look like that. But so. what about like uh, the reason I ask? Mm-hmm. I was reading this report over the weekend that I think in the EU they've set a deadline of 2035 where there will be no more internal combustion engines allowed. Oh, I think on new new vehicles. New vehicle. So you could probably still own what you have yeah. or or buy maybe a used vehicle. And um, the the uh, supercar manufacturers, as they were calling them, Ferrari and Lamborghini, were you know lobbying to say, well, wait a minute, you know our you know our customer base is a little bit different. We only sell, you know, I think it was like nine thousand cars from Ferrari a year, and maybe seven thousand and change from Lamborghini. And we're working on battery technology, but because these are basically race cars that are you know computers and j- just like you would see on an Indy mm-hmm. track or something. The battery technology that you all assume can power your 
BMW isn't going to work for these supercars, and so we need a little bit more time to figure this out. So and what? Thought, they, so they get a pass on? Well, that's a- basically what the ask was, and you know, fuck them. If I, and I kept thinking, if I were them, I would just be quiet about it and just wait, you know, another whatever, 10 years or so, and hopefully that there's a change in, <laughs> you know, policy or you can beg for more time then or whatever. But to draw attention to yourself now and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, folks, um, I don't even know what they cost. What's a what's a Ferrari, $200,000 or more? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the bottom end of the supercar pricing. You think? Yeah. And you probably can't even really go, get it, one. You got to be on a list. Yeah, 150000 for the for the cheapest things you're going to consider a, a supercar half a million on the top end right pagini and stuff like that well probably more on the top end yeah well i mean you can go as much as you want if there, you can there get are, one there are a couple there are a couple models out there that are in the millions but like and what, then then that's nothing to do with you know i mean some cars that are not brand new right have have are have values in the millions in the, in the 3 4 million dollar range but what was so I, I've been watching the original Magnum PI series. Uh-huh. You know, of course, Ferrari. he was famous for driving that red Ferrari 308. Yeah. And they make a reference to it, like in the first season in 1980, that it was a $60,000 car. Yeah. So 60, Well, when every other car is $5,000, that's pretty <laughs> No, I know. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was 80. So in 83, I paid $15,000 for a five-speed manual V8 Camaro. Brand new? Yeah, brand new. What, what was it? Fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Yeah, that's that's a cool. What color was it? Um, it was a charcoal gray, t tops, gray interior. Yeah, that's gray cool. Colors. Yeah, it was good. What we was played. the motor in that one? It was a it was a V eight. I don't remember the size, the specification, but it had a six speed, uh, five feet, five speed manual transmission, which I got tired of, pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, but was, I'm sure it was fun to drive. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean that that you could you know with that. With that transmission, you could do everything. But there was no manual. There was no, like, it wasn't paddles and stuff. It was a five. Right. It was a stick shift. Did it have power way. steering? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had power steering. How about the brakes? It was a nice Were car. They... Power brakes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice car. Every power everything. I mean, it was a Berlinetta, so it wasn't a Z28 or something like that. So um, it was really Debbie drove around. I really, I had a truck, you know, so. And for me now, it's just, I just want to drive a truck. That's all. I mean, I when I... uh I already have a truck that I plan to drive into my retirement years till I should stop driving. <laughs> so once I reti- How are we going to determine when you should stop driving? I'll I'll make that decision. Yeah, what if you're what if you you're not ready? Well, that would be sad. Are we going to do it by, you know, counting the number of dings? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not cuz that's going to be Should there my, be an app for that? That's going to be my truck. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my truck. Um so I have a 2002 let me think here. I have a 2002 F150 uh regular cab short bed and so paint's failing on it. Right now it's living at my other brother-in-law's house. He's borrowing it to do some uh landscaping or something. So while <clears throat> while they um use it for that for the time being um while I still have a company vehicle, it's one less vehicle in my driveway for right now. So once I uh, get closer to retirement, then I'm going to take it, get it painted, you know, put a decent paint job on it. That's all it needs. Body's in good shape. Better stay that way. So if you're forced to get rid of it, though, because, you know, you can't have an internal internal combustion vehicle. I don't think that's going to happen in my in my driving lifetime. Yeah, right? probably not. Well, I don't know. It depends on if you give up your license, if you're going to be well, stubborn about it. Well, 
<laughs> well, could happen look, look, in the next 30 I'm years. I'm 65, so. All right, you um, could go 30 there, years. Yeah, I, no, I don't think I'll go. I you can might. drive. I'll probably go another, let's see, 10, 15 tops. I don't see myself driving past. I don't even know if I'll drive till 80. Already, it's just not that good an idea. <laughs> I mean, I still drive fine, but, but um, uh, yeah, I need some, I want. I need a, a. So my truck is smaller dimensions than what than the truck I drive around now. So it's just a smaller truck. It's not as high, but it's high enough, right? It's. We're, it's funny. I was talking with my wife about it. Um, her car is low, and um, I haven't. I haven't been in that car for quite a while. And I, she drove me someplace, and she drove to a doctor's appointment or something. And uh, I hadn't been in it for a long time. It's just low, and so we were talking about that. What's the next car? So I think the next car is maybe going to be electric. Just depends by the time that comes. I mean, this car is good for quite a while, and um, we'll see. We'll just have to see. I think the time is already here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But do you think we're going to meet, we as a society, whether it's the U.S. or EU or anywhere else, we're going to meet some of these lofty climate goals? I don't know, man. I, I just I think that the I think that the bad effects of climate change, whatever the causes are, are are upon us right and i think that we are seeing the very earliest um consequences of not doing anything about it and um i mean we're seeing it in the wildfires we're seeing it in in the droughts we're seeing it in the 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 hurricane seasons in the united states i mean it's a constant there's never a break now from a from a uh, well, there's never a break natural from natural disaster in but, the in the United States. Yeah, and I would add to that, there's never a break from a headline about a natural disaster in the United States. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, so you know, you, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, right? Do you blame a president, no matter who it is, for natural disasters? I don't. I mean, I don't think that's really I, most I don't people do most, if it's a Republican, but I don't blame uh, either side. <laughs> I think that. Um, uh, I don't think I think most people see through that and realize that, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. Uh, response is different than blaming them. I mean, if there's a shitty response, I mean, Bush just I mean, Katrina was 16 years ago that the, Ida hit on the actual anniversary. I know date. it's crazy. Um, uh, well, they call it hurricane season. So that's not that, you know, that hard to imagine. But, uh, I mean, there was plenty of political stuff. I mean, uh, Katrina was mishandled on a scale that we had never seen as a people You before. think, though? I do. I, I think that was— What was, was the big accusation? Was that Bush didn't declare a state of emergency to activate the National Guard immediately? I don't remember the details, but that sounds right. All of that. And, and that there, there was so little because of the— because of the populace that it affected, the, the response, the planning, everything was just substandard, right? But, then, but that didn't, you don't get the relief in, right? You just you have thousands and thousands of people stranded in places in New Orleans and, and in that death mill. What was it? The Astro? Don't know. What did it? What was that? What was the big uh, uh, sports arena? Superdome, Mercedes Benz Superdome. Is that what it was? Yeah, in, in New Orleans. Yeah. Okay, so. I mean, the stories that came out of that, just unbelievable, right? But look at, I mean, you th I think the big difference there, and you just said, you know, the planning and, and well, prep you, and all that. Well, you let the levies Well, you said that's decrepit, where I was going. Right? You, you say you let, but what's the agency that uh, built those or is responsible? It's like the Army Corps of Engineers or something? Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Army Corps of Engineers built it, but, I mean, that's FEMA and... and FEMA, that's yeah, the one. And that's, you know, that... that I mean, and surely, so, I mean, we just had Ida. Ida was 
stronger actually than than Katrina, not bigger, but, but stronger. There was billions, and a little different. Right, and there was billions of dollars worth of improvements to the right. levees in particular from right. because of Katrina. Right, but th- those those improvements could have been done. So why weren't before? They? Do we know because why? the populace is poor black people? And who? So the FEMA then is a national agency. Which paid for the improvements, and because there yeah. was no well, declared mean, can, emergency, or because it was just blame, poor black people that didn't do it. Well, is that an example of systemic racism? I don't know. I mean, that, I, I'm not. Are, I'm, I mean, I'm, those are the things we have to look back on, right? And and so, I am relieved that in the interim, in the 16 years since Katrina, that whatever administrations were in place, a good deal of that time was was Obama, O Biden, no Obama. <laughs> And uh, and then um, so things got <clears throat> infrastructure there in the sense of the levees got got fixed because uh, so we didn't go through it again. That would have been um, that would have been tragic had it had the same thing happened, you know, because then there's no excuse whatsoever. I mean, was there an excuse? I, I think it all sounded like poor, weak excuses after Katrina, after Katrina. But um, um Definitely, uh, uh, if that had been, you know, um, Beverly Hills, uh, that was depending on levies, those levies would have been fixed long before Katrina. Well, that's an interesting kind of viewpoint. I'm ignorant to, you know, what the timeline was of the repair, if there had been requests that were made to repair or, or costs or anything like that until after the fact. So, I mean, I, I don't have any knowledge to it. But Do you remember, do you remember President Bush uh, congratulating the head of – of FEMA, some guy whose last name was Brown or something like that. Mm. And he's sitting there going, great job. There's the classic thing where, where Bush is standing with the head of FEMA while people are dying and have been stranded for w- literally weeks in, in, in Louisiana and New Orleans. And, and he's like, hell of a job, Brownie. That's the quote. <laughs> Brownie, is that what yeah. you call him? That's that's awesome. That's very Bush-like of him. Yeah. He was he was famous for that. Remember yeah. the big one, landing yeah. on the aircraft yep. carrier, mission accomplished? Mission accomplished. Well, those were his two big ones. Mission accomplished and hell of a job, Brownie. I'd love him even more that he called him Brownie. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And so, uh, I mean, every president going forward wants to not have a hell of a job, Brownie moment. <laughs> or, or But hey, what, well, how far? how far... Uh, after the fact was that congratulatory moment there. I mean, if you're Brownie, don't you want to be told by your boss uh, you did a great job? But the even problem, if you didn't, yeah. The problem was FEMA was not was completely. Un- Maybe he was prepared. motivating him. You know what they yeah. say? Like you reward the positive yeah. behavior, not the negative behavior. Yeah, we. I think it, it. Here's how it came. Here's how it looked to the public. Since you obviously don't remember, I don't remember. It was uh, Bush looked like a fool, right? I mean. There were no FEMA was responsible for providing emergency relief for the people affected by Katrina, and they completely failed in almost every regard. And and while while they're failing in every regard, Bush is standing there, going, "Hey, great job! Thanks for letting all the black people in in New Orleans die." But how much of that is so? FEMA is an independent agency that exists, right? Uh, well, it's a you know, federal emergency management. management. But what department. I mean is uh, they report, I'm assuming, directly to the president or so. whatever the chain. To the of, executive. To the executive. But there's some chain of command. There's yeah. some uh, – what did you call Congress. him, Brownie? What's what's his title? Well, I, he was the head of FEMA. I'm going to say probably, the, probably his title was director. And do you know historically when – is that a position that turns over when there's a new administration? Do you know? That, i got to think that, the, that that position is a political appointment. 
Right, of right. course. But, but I mean, then there are career people underneath. But there are some, like, okay, new administration comes in. There's certain jobs that you know, hey, you're out. I'm going to put my guy yeah. in. But what I about would, what about FEMA? Do we I know? would think the director is always a political appointment. Right, and so let, let's executive. say there's a new executive. That old person's out and the new one's yeah. in, we think. Yeah, they put uh, Hillary in charge of it once Biden came in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know who. I mean, I don't know. Here's the good news. I don't know the name of the head of FEMA, and that that means that they're not fucking it up. But even locally, so there's like Katrina was mostly New Orleans, there's right? Kima, so you have California emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Chemo. <laughs> Uh, but you have whoever the governor was of Louisiana at the time. You had the New Orleans mayor, and then you have FEMA. Who I mean, they don't need to ask permission of the you know chief executive to get shit done, right? I well, mean, I know I know the declaration of the emergency and all that releases some you know funding. Yeah, there's some stuff. I mean, I'm not in, I'm not too familiar with the you know the what's the word the process, but. But, I mean, for sure, some of it has to do with funding, right? FEMA has to be funded, so that has to do with Congress. I'm sure they report to Congress, too, as well as the – I mean, oversight. I'm sure Congress has oversight of FEMA. And, um, yeah, it's just – you know, so anyway, I think it went better. I mean, I think it went better this time. Well, because – mainly because the levies held up. Yeah, the levies held up, and I think, you know, Biden's all over. I mean, he's he's there today looking. He's there and. I think he's in. Where the hell is he? He's he's look. He's in New York, I think, looking at at damage from Hurricane Ida. So I mean, he's on the ground. He's not just flying over it. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the other thing Bush did. Right, he flew over. He never went to New Orleans. He never. He never landed. landed is in that Louisiana. right? He flew over it in a helicopter. Are we sure about that? Yeah, it's, they call it. I didn't flyover I, I, crisis management. <laughs> I failed uh, to do my homework from last week, where I said I was going to fact check your comment about Fox News um, oh. and the twenty two thousand supporting the twenty two thousand yeah. Trump lies. So I didn't fact check that, but. Uh, I don't know. This one has a little bit of questionability here. He never did land anywhere. Uh, my recollection is that one of the big criticisms was that um, he never landed on the ground. Just like Trump went to um, uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And um, shit talked the Democratic governor and then threw out rolls of paper towels to the to the audience at his press conference and then got the fuck out of there. And never send them any money. What, they don't need with, toilet paper? Yeah. Not toilet paper. Did I say toilet paper? <laughs> paper towels. Paper towels, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and another, I mean, that was one of Trump's, that was Trump's, hey, uh, great job, Browning, or whatever, <laughs> moments where he's throwing out the paper towels as if that's some kind of help. So what, do, I mean, are you saying that it's uh, more of the the optics of it and the communication or the actual decisions that were made by yeah. those particular executives. I think that because I still stand by what I said, which is I don't blame the outcome on Bush or, you know, Trump no. or, or Biden for that matter. No, I, I mean, you can't blame any of those people for the hurricanes, the, the natural disasters per se, but they're definitely responsible for the response. So if the response is feeble and stupid, uh, then they they need to be held accountable. Maybe Bush was trying to make a lighthearted moment out of it. <laughs> you know, Bush was um, uh, not. Although I don't think of him as a disciple of Satan like I do uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. He was uh, kind of a twit sometimes, and so um, I think that I don't think that the people of Louisiana were really his main concern, to be honest with you, even though he was the president at that time during that terrible, terrible 
catastrophe, but I don't think he ever had a, I don't think he ever had a good, I think that, that you know, that, that, whether a politician, a president or whoever, a governor in a state gets grasp on a, on a, on a natural disaster in their state or their country depends a lot on whether they give a shit about the people. And frankly, you know, we know Trump didn't give a good goddamn. About I liked his response to Newsom that one time he was in California and he said uh, something like, I don't think the climate knows what it wants. <laughs> Some <laughs> shit like that. And then there was the time that Trump came to after uh, what was a paradise got burned down and he's, he's up there with Newsom and, uh, some other politicians, you know, you know in a, in you know, you can, it, things were burned down all around wherever mm-hmm. they're standing, and he then he then tries to reference that paradise and uses the wrong name, calls it Pearl City or something. Like that. <laughs> I like how the, all these politicians they do it. There's some local, you know, like bottom level state New York people that I saw in the news. Yeah, they all get their brand new fucking khakis with their bomber jackets <laughs> and brand new boots that have Ridiculous. never seen yeah. any dirt. <laughs> And they're out there for this photo op, and they're hugging and yeah. you know taking pictures. It's like, you I don't think fucking work. Yeah, I think we've seen less of that with Biden. He has a different style, right? He's he's going on the ground. He's doing stuff. I mean, it's still a show, right? I don't think I don't think that I'm being taken in 100. percent I mean, he's doing what every president does to some degree or another. It's just some are going to do it better than others. And for why do him, we think we need that? Like in other words, there's yeah. there's there's so many layers of agencies that i mean if i'm biden i would just say i'd pick up the phone and say you guys got this all right i'm mad i'm going off for the weekend yeah i think that uh um that's i mean here's the thing he's not he's not playing golf while this shit's going on right that's what trump would have been doing because he can't <laughs> he'd fall over <laughs> well maybe i don't know i'm not too up to date on his golf he'd be like ability, the bishop and caddyshack yeah. you know get out there struck by lightning we're just look we are just lucky that the worst natural disaster we had during Trump's time in office was COVID. And, and, and it was really the only one. And yeah, you know, he dropped 700,000 people. Well, so. you're, you're, you're also saying that because that's probably the one thing that got him out of office. Well, I mean, if I'm, he, if his biggest issue was say Ida, you know, at the time that, that COVID happened, he probably would have survived that. I don't think Ida, I don't think that the results from Ida would have taken down the economy. I mean, That's he what only, I mean. Yeah. yeah, he only lost because the economy took a dump. Right, that was the only thing he had going for him. I mean, when you know his president, his whole time in office was kind of like, well, he's a he's a misogynistic, racist, um, <laughs> failed businessman, but the economy's doing great, so let's not rock the boat. And once he lost that, the re- then it's like. Well, you know, he's a misogynist and a racist and a failed businessman, and the economy's in the toilet. Let's, I'm not going to the poll. I'm <laughs> going to vote. So I think that's what took him out. It wasn't at the time, you know, to be honest with you, it wasn't the Republican Party that was, that was on the way out. It was Donald Trump. He's the one that lost. Every other part of the, of the, 2020 elections was a well, win for, for Republicans. For the they, most part, though, they lost the Senate. Barely. Well, they still lost. Right. And they think about those two uh, <coughs> special elections. Is that what they call them? The Georgia, the Georgia thing. Yeah. Remember, there was a time where it was like, hey, there's going to be this special election or runoff or whatever, but don't worry, we got this. Yeah. I mean, but I think that uh, um, 
in general, I mean, they gained houses, they gained seats in the house, which, which, you know, that was like surprising. To yeah. Me. So that was like an after thought victory. Like <laughs> we, you lost the Senate. They also, well, they, we gained seats no, in the they house. They also gained, they also gained a lot of state house seats and in, in different things. So I think it was a win for them. I think that it was really the only failure in the 2020 elections was Trump himself. So I think the more I think about it, the more I think maybe they're going to come to realize that. I mean, I think that this far away from any significant election, they, they don't want to cross Trump right now by, by you know, arguing with his ridiculous, stupid take on a few couple of key issues because I don't think there's any upside for them this far down, right? Uh, but as they get closer to some of these elections, and I think that, the 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 January sixth investigations are going to go on. That's going to hurt the situation. Um, the truth is going to come out about the election stuff. And the only are you truth- happy about some of these January sixth? The first couple of guys are being sentenced and going to jail. Oh, you mean for the people that were actually yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, they should all go. To jail. Well, what did, didn't the one? Me. There was one guy, uh, two famous ones so far. One had the bullhorns on. He was like a barbarian-looking guy, no yeah. shirt, long hair. Yeah, uh, yeah the uh, the um, January sixth shaman. <laughs> and then the, the main there was like a Proud Boys leader, but didn't yeah. he only get six months or something? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't followed all of that. I mean, I just think all of them need to get criminal records and do some jail time. Um, there, I mean, f- forget the forget the hardcore gang members like the Proud Boys and stuff, but just the run-of-the-mill nitwits in there. And then and then I think the political leaders on the right that promoted this and caused it to happen, they need to be held accountable. Are the Proud Boys officially labeled a gang organization or a terrorist organization? Do you know? I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I think there's no doubt that they are domestic terrorist organizations. But we don't – remember, and they're, we, and they're white supremacists. But we talked about this, right? I mean, there's that's kind of a cloudy – term because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a clear definition we've of always, what domestic terrorists are because yeah, it includes libertarians. Yeah, we've all, no. <laughs> it does. No. God, you're so, you know, you, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> and, um, uh, that was Brennan, right. Talking about, yeah. about, and, and so for the, so former CIA head, uh, Brennan, whatever his first name was, he, um, he he had a talk or something a while back that where he was talking about extremist groups in in, in all kinds of extremist groups and so uh, Travis wants to try to say <laughs> Brennan has has equated all libertarians with terror, <laughs> domestic terrorists and, and the other the thing case. that really burned my ass was he he said two things one was uh, you know libertarians but the other was people who are uh, less likely to cooperate with COVID restrictions. If if you're if you're in an extreme position on that, yeah, I can see where he he included them in that, right? Because these are the people that might might participate in acts of domestic terrorism. Well, I mean, he didn't define that, right? I mean, certain you could have somebody who I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. I don't know how you guys missed it. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, what about what about QAnon? Are they what the fuck is QAnon again? Well, I mean that's a they're nothing really. It's a it's, it's what, a, what is it? Is it a church? No, I, I can't keep them all straight. No, it's a conspiracy theory. Is it a is it a them? I think it's a person. A person? Yeah. His name is Q, like a James Bond. 
No, they think it's some it's some. Oh, let me think. Let is me it the guy that invented now. Bitcoin? Getting, I think I'm getting it. No, no, that's the different. That's what I'm thinking of. What are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Bitcoin. There's a guy that actually, but he's you know the, the, he doesn't have anonymous. a name. His name yeah. is like Pi or something. Well, they no, no, they're, they're they do. <laughs> that think, should be if you're the guy a, that invented Bitcoin. Your there's name a Japanese guy that they often quote as the inventor of Bitcoin, but he has always denied it and remained anonymous as far as that goes. But Q is just bunch of conspiracy uh conspiracy theory nonsense right from whack jobs what's it what's the q and what's the oh, a non q anon q anon what is it i don't know i'm not in it <laughs> i'm not part of q anon i haven't here's the thing i haven't watched the hbo special on q anon there's one <laughs> Dude, is there one yeah so i'm gonna watch it um yeah, it's just wow. QAnon is just like the most extreme manifestation. Well, how do you of know this. it's the most extreme if you don't know what it is? Uh, well, I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, just take a shot at telling me what it is. It's a but here's it's why a I even conspiracy asked. theory. But what you say it's a theory? Like, is it a is it a website that has like theories like Nostradamus or what? I mean. I read something, literally, I didn't read the article because I didn't want to read the article, but right. the headline was something like, QAnon firmly believes that Trump will be reinstated before as president yeah. before the end of this calendar year. <laughs> before the end of the calendar year now. Yeah, huh? Yes. That date keeps moving It out. keeps moving, yes. Yeah, it was supposed to be. And, I like the memes where there's there's been this thing. There was a date. What the hell was it? It's just recently passed that he was. There was another date that all those whack jobs were seeing. All everything was going to come out. Trump was going to be reinstated. So then there's the shot. This is video, so you'll see it on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, and there's a guy with all the all the MAGA shit, all dressed up and everything. And he's out there in front of the Trump building, the entrance to the Trump building there in New York City, the tower. The tower, Trump Trump tower. tower, and he's like, "Yeah, he's back. He's been restated. Yeah, it's great." And the security's starting to come out of the door because he's <laughs> dancing, and there's video. And then someone's like, "Hey, he he didn't though. It's not." He goes, "What? What do you mean? Trump's not hasn't been reinstated? What the hell?" <laughs> and then security's like, "Oh, this guy's a nutcase." And so that's yeah, funny. It's funny. I uh, I don't think it's anything really. I think it. I think that you know, in the wake of. Trump rallies and things like that and campaigning. I think they, they, they found a lot of purchase in the sense that they could get people's attention. Their signs got shown on TV. If you showed up to political rallies or demonstrations or Trump rallies wearing the garb and with the Q sign and all that. Is stuff. Trump still saying at these rallies that he will be reinstated? Do you know? And I ask you I all, all the Republican stuff because – I'm sure your people on your channels are, are giving you updates. I haven't. I mean, has he even had? Uh, I don't think he's had any kind of rally. Well, he had recently. a recent one that we talked about Something where he got would, booed for saying you, yeah, know, you should get the vaccine. Well, I didn't hear or, how many people were there or I anything know, like it's that. It's the largest rally that there's ever been as far as rallies. <laughs> it's a big, beautiful rally. Very powerful rally. <laughs> but I don't know what he's saying Very as far as. Very forceful rally. <laughs> I don't know what Trump's saying anymore. You know, he's he's pretty much, um, uh, you know, just exiled into uh, more a lot Mar-a-Lago or something. And then there's somewhere else he goes to, but I can't remember where the other New Jersey is. is it New Jersey? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I you know haven't seen a uh, an article or a picture or anything about any of um, 
uh, about the the daughter or the sons or anything, right? But do, does QAnon exist outside of the Trump universe? Did they exist before? I mean, is their sole purpose to spread conspiracies about you know Trump mm. and the election, or is there other shit? Yeah, I think it, it's all about Trump, right? QAnon Q was was supposed to be. Um, exposing. So I'm going to tell you what I know. Essentially, maybe you're really asking. Me I'm really something. asking. I really don't know. It, 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 QAnon is the conspiracy theory that says that that the Democrats are running a pedophilic mm. child cannibalism ring. <laughs> okay, where is yeah. is this just an attempt to be the most outrageous conspiracy group that you can be? Mm, I think that it's just yeah. It's why just, that? It's just, what, what's, why'd they gravitate well, towards? I mean, that? it started during Hillary's campaign against Trump, right when she ran against Trump. Yeah, it started as as a conspiracy theory to to damage Hillary's campaign. And was the pedophilia the shit? Whole, then? Yeah, yeah. And we're running a pizza place, and out of this pizza place was a front for a. For, I never uh, heard these stories. For a pedophilic uh, cannibal oh ring, God. children, you know, child exploitation. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, okay, so in in the normal world, right, of before times, <laughs> you would something like that would be immediately dismissed as BT, stupid, ridiculous. Yeah, before Trump. Yeah. yeah. Or BC before COVID. So <laughs> and and it would immediately be dismissed, right? And so you have things like um, Infowars, which is a website uh, that S- Steve Bannon spent a lot of time on. And I, there's like, I can't think of the guy's Alex name. Jones. Alex I thought. Jones. You, you made a reference to Infowars. I knew who Alex Jones yeah. was. I never heard of Infowars. Infowars is his website where, that made him famous. That's was, where was, Alex, is it his or was it Bannon's? No, it was his, I think. I, and Bannon may have been a partner or something, but you know, he has people on it, right? And then he supports a lot of things. Just like, so Steve Bannon came from that, but Steve Bannon's organization originally was Breitbart. Right, right. right? Well, we had a, I asked you about the term misinformation and why do we use that term and mm-hmm. why can't we use another term? But it seems like the term info wars is, is more severe than that. Like, hey, we're having a war on information. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, info wars was the, 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 the beginning for most of the most outrageous um, uh, conspiracy theories. And I don't know if QAnon started on info wars or was heavily promoted on info wars. I, I'm not really sure because I don't follow Alex Jones or you have never watched info wars and never will. Um, but, uh, yeah, I the just, big story I know about him is that he got into some shit about, uh, I want to say it was the Sandy hook, um, school shooting. It was one of the school shootings. It was a claiming fake. it was fake. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there's just some things that are just beyond, I mean, I just don't even think, I mean, you just have to say that anybody that would go that route, go down that, that route, um, just piece of shit. I don't know what to say. I mean, the, the 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 amount of pain and suffering that he can cause the parents associated with that event is beyond imagining, right? And so, uh, and then as far as QAnon goes, you know, do, I mean, do, are these there? There are just so many Trump people that 
appear to support these stupid, ridiculous but pedophilia is, is, ring con- conspiracy theories associated with QAnon. But does QAnon exist because of Trump, or is every Trump supporter a QAnon <laughs> person? Um, uh, not every QAnon person is a Trump supporter, but every <laughs> Trump supporter is a I don't know. I don't know that that uh, equates to that one. Are there I, any I high think profile? It's a small fringe of that group, but they number, you know, the numbers are quite large. I mean, they, they cause them, they give themselves quite the media presence over the last few years. That's what I'm kind of shocked by. I mean, it's, it's really on my periphery. Well, it totally started even... with Hillary, and it was a totally a, a, a way to, you know, it was totally conspiracy theories to discredit Hillary and the whole Democratic are Party. They, are they banned on Facebook? Do you know? QAnon? Yeah. Don't or know. Twitter? I think so. I, I would think so. And they're a terrorist group? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, but I, I do think that they have been considered, you know, a domestic terrorist of some type, you know, depending. I mean, I don't know about that. I think, like you said, that my rec, my, what I, what I can hear from the media about domestic terrorism still is a little bit murky, right? They're still, right. Maybe we should have a new term. Like uh, to me, a terrorist implies harm. You know, the term terrorist implies that at some point there's some physical harm that will be caused. And of course, you know, the imagery of AK-47s and beheadings is the first image that you think of when you think of the word terrorist from probably the 70s forward. But I don't know. Is there another term like domestic nuisance or no, domestic? No, I don't think so. I think I think that. You know, let's get the term terrorist. I mean, you don't, I don't think you have to have actual physical harm. What about damage. intent? I, I think it. I think the. I think any any group that uses terror does things or promotes ideas or conspiracy theories that provoke terror among people as a terrorist organization. And so, but um, but that could be that's a very loose term that could be construed as just dividing people. You know, causing terror could divide people. Well, if I if I if I call you up or put a thing in the paper that says, "Hey, uh, you, Joe Jones, I'm you know my group is going to kill you and your family and everybody you're friends with and everybody you've ever worked with," that would be considered. A terror; those would be considered legally that. terrorist threats. Yeah, I agree threats, with that. Right. So, but what if you, you just, don't have to actually do of, it? I agree with that. So, but it's what terrorism. if terrorism? Yes, I think that's pretty clear. But okay. what if the sole purpose is, uh, hey, you, uh, the the Republicans are going to get Trump back in office. He's he's going to be reinstated. That's not going to cause might cause concern and fear. But is that really terrorism? <laughs> well, that's not. Uh, no, I don't think that would qualify. Okay, as terrorism. I'm just checking. <laughs> So funny. Um, I just think that uh, I think that the the you know we have been so fixated since nine eleven, right? Which is coming right up. Right? I can't believe that's twenty years. twenty years. Yeah, and and it 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 um, you know it caused a powerful warping of of our society. I mean, I I I I think that I remember, you know, I, I first off. There's so many people now that we're not alive. Well, do you want to do a 9-11 show? Are we, are we going to? No. All right, all right. I don't know enough about what would be a 9-11 show. <laughs> do you remember where you were? Yeah. Well, you... I mean, I was getting ready. It was in my bedroom at home. And we were getting ready. And we, have a, we, had, a, we had a TV in the bedroom. And we were watching it as we were getting ready. And then we 
we heard the first about the first plane and thought, wow, that's a what a fucking dumb shit. How can right. only New York could manage to fly a plane into one of their skyscrapers? And then um, that went on for whatever it was. A little while, still getting ready. And then, mm-hmm. boom, heard about the second one. The second I heard another plane hit the the other tower, I knew it was terrorist attack. I knew it was Middle Eastern based, and that's all I knew. And then we took off. We both had to go to work. Debbie went to um, – uh, she worked at uh, um, Rouse in, at the main office in uh, Compton. And um, I was just – what the hell? I had an appointment – at a at a one of my customers' offices in Long Beach, so I drove out there to make that appointment. And by the time I got out there, things had gotten much worse. Mm-hmm. Airplanes were, you know. And so I called her from there. Nobody knew at that point. This was still early enough to know whether going to be another twenty things happen or what. It sure seemed that well, way. Well, remember there was the whole question about whether or not shit was going to happen in L.A. Yeah, exactly. And I was in Long Beach right. at that point, right? And, uh, but I was more concerned about, you know, Debbie, like, hey, should, you know, should I come and get you? Are you going to come home? What's going to happen? She's like, no, I'm staying here. And um, because things were happening, right? There had been the the Twin Towers and then the Pentagon and then one or two airplanes have been down. Uh, In Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, it was multiple things Mm -hmm. and, you know, really did not know where it was going to go from there right and so uh yeah that was that was a that was a little bit scary and then of course all the planes are out of the sky and then that was weird city for however long that lasted two three weeks or right. whatever it was i know there are no planes in the sky and um just everything was fucked up and weird you know and um yeah that's about i mean it was, that's really the sum of my and then it was like watching the towers go down over and over and over again on television, which I just could not stop watching. Do you, would, do you watch that now? Will you watch it at I'll watch know, it 20 now. years later? If I see it now, I'll watch it. I mean, it's, it's something to see those buildings come down, you know? And what did I watch last night? I watched a movie called Cloverdale, which is a movie. It, it takes place in New York city. And, um, so supposedly the military finds this um, camera in Central Park and they're going through the footage and this camera. So it starts out where guy is, they're having a going away party for some, so these are 20 somethings or 30 somethings or something, having a going away party for somebody in New York. And there's a guy that was going around the party. Hey, do you want to say goodbye to such and such on film? And so he's got this camera. So it's not a phone. It was supposed to be before that. And then um, what sounds like an earthquake happens and then they all go to the roof because they're seeing something on television. And there's a fucking monster uh, tearing shit up in New New York City. And they can see some of it from their rooftop and then they start to evacuate. And so then it's them trying to get out of New York. They're they're in Manhattan or whatever. Is it a movie or a series? Yeah, it's a movie. And uh, it's called Cloverdale. And... Um, the whole thing is this, he keeps filming, you know, while they're trying to escape and this and that. And then eventually, um, I don't want to kill the whole movie for you, but I'm not going to watch it. Okay. 
because <laughs> there's not much point to it except it was a uh, pretty cool you know could have been do you ever see the the movie what is it called pacific rim or something where the cajun the cajun or kajun or whatever mm -hmm. the japanese monsters come out of the sea and then we build the giant robots to fight them and stuff you know they got a name for it. it's always new york city right so this wasn't godzilla or anything but it was a uh, it looked like could it be alien? Did it come out of? I mean, they kind of posed the question: Did this giant monster come out of a trench? I mean, it was as tall as a skyscraper, right? And it was shooting off. It sounds little, like a Godzilla ripoff, sorta. But it was more like you know, the, it, there was no part of this movie that wasn't from the perspective of this handheld. Um, oh, it was like a Blair Witch kind of thing, well, sorta, but but better than that, less irritating than that. But yeah, it's always the the cameras, the, the scenes are moving around, and there's never. There's never a scene where, like, the guy running the camera is in the thing unless he turns the camera on himself, which he does a couple times. Right. And um, so typically I don't watch those kind of movies, but this was kind of interesting. It's just the thought that that you could, you know, be in New York City or downtown L.A. or something and see something like this happen. And um, uh, so, you know, kind of weird, you know. And, and then what's going on with – I mean, they are on the bridge. What is the big bridge out of New York? The Brooklyn Bridge? No. I guess. Brooklyn Bridge, uh that other shitty there's some other, there's some <laughs> I don't know even nothing. know. Yeah, I know. And uh, they were on that when that gets attacked. And, yeah, it's just really crazy, right? So, and then at the end, did they blame Republicans or what? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Biden could have done something about this. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't even know why we were talking about I don't know. That. You went there from 9-11. Oh, 9-11. I guess was, catastrophe was, shit. Okay. So, yeah, that's right. So he tears off. This monster tears the head off the um, statue of liberty and throws it in the middle of manhattan and you see him topple some really big buildings and then the smoke coming down the, the street you know between the skyscrapers like you saw mm -hmm. from 9 11 and all that so it really brought back some memories of 9 11 footage and thank you for bringing me back to why i brought that up <laughs> um, would that be like there's gonna be a lot of that shit on tv pretty soon in fact I there know. is and i think it's hbo too they have uh there's a there's a new 9 11 special and it's i'm sure there's going to be footage of it right i'm sure there is yeah but well, you got to watch the one i was telling you i think this time last year and it's maybe eight or ten years old at this point but yeah. it's essentially an interview that they did with bush you know kind of about nine one one. yeah right where you know he it's either an hour or two hours i don't remember oh. uh, maybe it was national geographic but you could find it anywhere yeah, right? yeah. You could stream it and it's you know him recounting all of that stuff and um I think it's very interesting, you know, and, and you should really not look at it from a political lens because any sitting president at a time like that, you would want to hear, I think, what went down, I guess, unless it's Trump and you'd be like, it was beautiful how they responded, blah, blah, blah. But, very powerful. <laughs> very powerful. But uh, but for Bush, I think um, – and we, we talk a lot about Trump too, you know, like Trump really didn't have any plans for how to be president, what he wanted worst. to accomplish. He just wanted to win the job. And Bush, I think he had some things he wanted to do. He certainly didn't – I don't think foreign policy was big on his agenda. And he certainly didn't ever ever imagine that he would you know, be dealing with this war uh, and then creating other wars, right? So you, it, he comes across, I think, very um, – genuine when he's when he's 
walking you through all the events, you know, and he took shit. You remember that day he was at some school in Florida speaking to kids and they whisper into his ear. Yeah, if you see the film. Right and then now. he doesn't leave right away and, you know, like literally yeah. within a nanosecond he doesn't leave. But he leaves right well, after. Well, you're going to scare all the kids by running out of the Yeah. Bring the Secret Service in and rush them out. But the way he tells the story, you know, and like and, and as he's telling it to you – and then you're watching the tape of him in that Florida school. You can see his fucking eyes twitching and like trying to process what the fuck did they just tell right. me? What, 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 what tiger tail do I have a hold of right. today out, yeah. of, out of the clear blue? I'm sitting in this fucking elementary school. I'm not even in the situation or, right. or anything. Uh, yeah, I've, I've thought about that many times. Uh, when I, I've seen that tape of him in the school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Look, not a fan of George Bush, um, but... Um, I thought he did fine. I mean, I thought he was the president we needed him to be while that was going on, on 9-11 and throughout the, the you know, that the time going forward. Um, and I think it was all right on track right until we went to Iraq, I think. Yeah, so, think you know, title where it went off the rails for him. Go right? all the way back to Katrina then, which was 05. Was that the beginning of the end for him, you think? 05. Was at the beginning? Well, because I, mean, I think he went two terms, so his end. Well, was I know coming, that. No I, don't, what, I right? don't mean you know that he lost his job over it, but I mean, was that the the bottom of his kind of support? And well, I think after the fervor of nine eleven, you know, wore down. He wasn't very popular when when it happened. He got reelected, but it wasn't you know it wasn't an overwhelming thing. His popularity soared. I mean, he had like 94% who, approval rate. Who was that? Who did he run against? Well, that would have been what? Was it Hillary? <laughs> no. Let's see. He beat Gore with that oh, uh, in 2000. Right. And so then it was uh, Dukakis or something, right? No, was it? I think so. Wasn't it Dukakis or, or was it Kerry? Maybe it was Kerry. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Dukakis was the first one. Then... Then what was the second one you said? Uh, well, Gore was first. Oh, Gore. That was 2000. Yeah, that was 2000. Well, wait a minute. So 2000, 2008. Yeah, so Gore in 2000. Then was it? Maybe it was Kerry. Maybe it was Kerry, I think yeah. it was. Such a. Yep. Well, Dukakis, well, he was like, that was, he, he was that like was, 88, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that was. Wasn't that was, he? That was Reagan or something. I can't Yeah, yeah, he's way back there. So, um, yeah, so, okay, so Kerry, right? And then, um, uh, and then there was, um, and then, and then he won, and then he was hugely popular. He had like ninety four percent approval rating after nine eleven, right? So, so I mean, that just means he he did the job he was supposed to do. He kept the country united, how much, and you know, gave him a purpose. How much weight do we need to give to that term, approval rating? Well, I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's the only. You got to have some some standard to make some judgments. I mean, for what it's worth. Uh, I mean, the only real poll that matters is the election, right? So, um, and I think we've all seen that we don't, I don't think any of us trust polls as much as we did at one time. And I think there's a bunch of reasons for that, not the least of which is just the lack of home phones. I mean, I think if any one thing has fucked up the ability to poll potential voters prior to elections, it's the lack of home phones, right? So I don't answer calls on my cell phone i don't recognize them right. shit who they're from right so you know i don't even know i'm having a hard time with this uh newsome recall i'm not certain i'm even gonna vote what do you think of that well 
If you don't vote, what does that mean? Well, I mean, that's not very do you American. Want to be well, here's the thing. I do. Well, then vote for vote yes. But here's the problem that I'm struggling with. And then vote for one of the people on the ballot. Yeah, I didn't vote for him when he was on the ballot, whatever that was, two years ago. I don't even remember who I voted for. Probably libertarian candidate. Mm, probably yeah, the other guy. The, oh, the libertarian. Yeah, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was Cox. Uh, yeah. An elder wasn't a story back then. But it it is. If I'm being honest, and I've said this before, it is a relatively small number of signatures that that drew this whole recall election. I, Newsom's not my guy. I don't think he's doing a good job. I don't think he's the best fit for California. But I, what's been weighing on me. Recall. What's that? I wouldn't recall. Him, no. Right. We have a process by which he gets to keep or lose his job, and that's an election after yeah, four years. Right. Exactly. And so I, there's just so much that we've talked about extensively on the oh. podcast about you, you name it, whether it's popular vote, electoral vote, voting restrictions, uh, Supreme Court, you know, nominations, and everything in between, and the politization. Polit- the that's a tough one. Politicization. Yeah. Politicization. Yeah. It's <laughs> of, hard. That's of, hard of work. Every issue, what I've said is it's going to come down to nuclear war. We're basically, you know, the, one side's going to do whatever it takes to cannibalize and beat the other side. Mm. And so, if I'm being honest about that, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I just think that this is dangerous waters that we're in here in California. Now, listen, is my vote going to make a difference? No. Is Does he have enough votes to keep his job? I think so. Uh, I don't I don't think he's in really any jeopardy to lose his job, but I would prefer not to see it this way. Can I get the two hundred million dollars back? <laughs> and it's very similar to your position on the uh, on the uh, well, no, on the propositions that we you know face. I mean, you're not yeah. a big fan of the propositions because, you know, you think that's why we have a full time legislature and we don't need you know, the people to decide on. Yeah, that. I think this process, I think this recall process is is ill. Ill, Ill thought out. It's evidently been used. I don't know what the number is. A hundred times, one hundred and sixty times, successfully once. It's just a tremendous amount of time and money. How many recall elections wasted? have been you know, one? Called? One prior, <laughs> yeah. right? It was Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, yeah Gray Davis and right. Schwarzenegger. Um, that's the only recall effort that has resulted in an election. And I think the only reason successful. why that was successful is because Schwarzenegger at the time said it's going to be total recall. And he could oh use his, God. his movie a, line. You remember that? You've been waiting all weekend for that. <laughs> <laughs> and my movie, by the way, is kind of, um, yeah. So I don't think much of the recall process. Uh, I think it was probably co co opted by Republican uh, by the Republican Party, California Republican Party. They're they're a particularly amoralistic group. Um, remember, remember who. Who is the, who is the, um, um, who is the, what is, what's this? Kevin McCarthy is from California, right? right? right. So that whole, that whole group, uh, uh, I mean, the, the Republican, the federal Republican legislators that come out of California are the worst of the worst. And, um, and so I think that. There's probably a lot Same of Same for the Democrats, too, by the way. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> coming out of California See, wait, is the I'll, worst I'll, of the worst. I will allow you to say that. <laughs> but um, uh, Pelosi, Boxer, <laughs> Harris. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look at them and decide at which group appears to be completely without 
morals or integrity or anything worth a shit and i don't i think the answer is obvious who who is the guy that was um such a uh such a sycophant for trump another california guy in the in the house and he was the he was the majority leader on the intelligence committee um for such a long time and and out of san diego uh, are you thinking of isa not isa no um no he he was the chair he had he was the chair of the intelligence committee the house intelligence committee god damn it i can see his face but anyway it's just another california republican it's just the worst group so i i think we'll get through this election i don't think it matters one way or the other i mean do i think am i a big fan of of uh of his i can never even remember his name so i've already forgot it um the, the governor <laughs> <laughs> and uh i have a mental block against remembering his name um, I can I can see his face too, and then that whole French laundry nonsense and everything. It's just some really stupid uh, optics and just the bad timing for stuff, right? And we need we need Democrats need to to have uh, uh, elected officials, and they need to exhibit a higher level of integrity and trustworthiness um, than than their opponents, and then and then because. The, the the Republican Party has just got rid of all that. They don't care about anything. It's just just about them either regaining or holding on to whatever power they have, and it has nothing to do with politics or what's good for anything. Well, that's kind of a good uh, segue. Segue because speaking of you know Republican governors, I guess the big story is this uh, Texas abortion law. You see this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did it just get louder in your ear? Or is that just no. me? No, it's just you. What's up with me? Uh, <laughs> Did your ear pop? I don't know. Maybe. I um, mean, talk about. Why don't you tell me your? Why don't you tell me how that whole situation looks to you? Well, it's shocking. I mean, you can probably guess. Yeah, I mean, no. it, it's shocking. It wasn't really on my radar. I, I wasn't necessarily following stories that this was a thing. I had heard other things, some of which I brought to the podcast, like, um, you know, permitless carry for firearms. Of course, we've talked about the voter suppression stuff, but I really wasn't aware that there was this other thing, you know. T- in Texas? In Texas, okay. uh, g- you know, gaining legs that was going to turn into this thing. What it just it's fucking frustrating and it boils my blood oh. wh- why this is a thing. In other words, this is the thing, the biggest issue, I think, that Republicans need to just back the fuck off. Good but luck. why any government needs to care or tell people what to do with their bodies, I just don't understand. It's, I, I don't, I mean, I guess it's all religious based. It has to be. There's no other good reason for it. But, I mean, why the fuck is this a thing that government needs to do? Mm. So, let alone solving problems, let alone, you know, figuring out how to, you know, defeat your opponent to get something done or prevent them from doing something to you, whether it's taxes or whatever, then this is another level for me because it's not anything that needs to be done. So look at it just from that level alone. It's not as if, you know, we've got COVID to deal with or kids in schools or, again, the taxes, infrastructure bill, you name it. And it's not dissimilar to the voter, voter laws, which I'm lost in the weeds there, too. I don't even know where we are. But it's it's not dissimilar in the sense that that's not a thing that needs to be done. It's not a problem that needs to be solved. So you're you're now creating a situation that, again, is just at another level. 
And so for me, like I said, it wasn't on my radar. Now it's a bill that has been passed that the governor apparently signed because that's so important that he's got to go to the mansion and figure out, you know, who's having abortions. Then it gets even deeper, which I couldn't even believe what I was reading about. There's this whole snitch system where anybody at any time can snitch and accuse somebody of having an abortion. And then you can criminally sue them and they're liable for $10,000. I mean, it's like, what the fuck bizarro shit am I reading? Well, so great introduction. Um, I think uh, I think you summed it up pretty good. I I I would that would be those are the comments and the 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 things that I would expect that you how they would appear to you, right? And so, just from my perspective, because I have been following this, right? I've been waiting for Texas. I I knew all along that Texas or Georgia or one of them was going to be this. There's going to be a test case. We already there's already one coming up that we thought was going to be the test case, but this kind of came fast. And um, they so Roe versus Wade says that no no laws can be passed that will that can stop abortion prior to the third trimester. That's what Roe versus Wade. That's the right that Roe versus Wade protects. Settle law. Okay. 50, which, by the way, 50 fucking years, which, by the way, remember, this was the whole thing under the three justices that were appointed under the Trump realm. They, they, they do this everything with the confirmations. They try to get every justice to respond to prior cases. And it's not just Republicans. I mean, the, the Democratic appointees, if you will, all try to skirt the issue. However, on Roe v. Wade, and I think it was Kavanaugh who said, I consider it settled law. Yeah, well, what's happened here is. The very unscrupulous Texan Republican Party, uh, they, uh, how do I put this in the simplest terms? They're not going to enforce the law. So their law says that um, once there's a fetal heartbeat detected, you cannot perform an abortion. That typically occurs at six weeks. At six weeks... Almost no woman knows she's pregnant. So it virtually eliminates all abortions, no matter what the reasons are. Okay. So right there, there's your first stumble. And I read something, too, that uh, some doctors were saying, hey, that that thing you hear is not actually a fetal heartbeat. It's like the machine making that noise, Mm -hmm. and there's no fetal heartbeat until sometime later. So the interpretation that somehow this is going to be six weeks, you're not even going to be able to do it. Well, I mean— that's all sounds like it could be, you know, a good debate. I think the real issue here is that is that the Texas legislature has purposely devised a way to get around Roe versus Wade and do something that's un, that would be unconstitutional. If the state passed a law that says, hey, you can't do an abortion once a fetal heartbeat or six weeks is has elapsed or is detected, um, then that would be unconstitutional. Immediately, that Texas law would be taken to the Supreme Court and would be the constitutionality of that law would be challenged. Um, that's not what they've that's not what they're doing. They're because they're not going to enforce the law. They they subsequently provided a way for private citizens in Texas to file lawsuits against 
abortion providers, their families, the, the driver, Uber drivers. I know anybody connected yeah. to it. And and here's the thing. That is just wrong, right? How do you even enforce that? Well, I mean, they're going to file suits, and, and Texas courts are going to uphold the suits. They're not going to dismiss the suits because here's what here's what really the change is. Typically, to file a lawsuit, you have to have some kind of standing, right? So there has never been a, a situation where a private the citizen— The Uber driver can make a claim. Well, it's not the Uber driver. It's you as a private citizen can accuse the Uber driver of That's what I mean. driving the person to the right. thing. So the, the, typically, this law says, hey, any, any private citizen in Texas has—, um, has I just used the term. What is it? Has status. Standing. Standing, right, to, to file a suit. Pre- That's asinine. Prior to this, if you were a private citizen and said, hey, I'm filing a lawsuit because Jane Doe went and got an abortion, I'm naming her, her parents, her Uber driver, her uncle that advised her to go, we're naming all of them in the suit. And the Texas courts are going to say, yeah, you have standing to do that, and the case will go forward. And then when they lose the case – Right. You, as the people being accused, you all have to pay for your defenses and you don't get any of that money back from the accuser. On the other hand, the accuser stands to be awarded a ten thousand dollar bounty for filing the suit. So, I mean, I don't think any more explanation that is needed. There's only one purpose for that. The snitch thing, and that's to get around that's so that nobody can claim that the state of Texas is enforcing an anti-abortion law that could be challenged in the Supreme Court. And so this was taken to the Supreme Court, and and the conservative majority on the Supreme Court refused to okay, hear so anything let's, about it. Let's get into this for a second, because I'm not exactly sure how this works. Okay. So this Pretty case wasn't heard by the Supreme Court. Nope. So – we we talk all the time how like certainly in the Trump years he would make some declaration whether it was a travel ban or whatever and then you would hear the story about hey some federal judge in some city you'd never heard of some judge you've never heard of declares it unconstitutional and was able to block it so when I heard the Supreme Court thing I was thinking something similar in the sense that it's not being heard in the Supreme Court but they have an opportunity to to I guess allow it to continue or how how where does it go from here. Um, there is a there is a very short stay from a federal judge regarding implementation of this law in Texas till the 16th or something of this month, and then it will expire. Um, and the and the the Supreme Court has not opted to hear the case. They've said nothing. So right. let let's say the very first. Um, pregnant person in the state of Texas who can't get an abortion files a case with the Supreme Court and and demands that that the Supreme Court actually hear their case. Will they do it? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. First off, I don't think that person can do anything. The you don't get an abortion. The only people that are filing lawsuits here are the people ratting out people that are actually getting I know, abortions. but let's say you are a citizen of Texas and you now can't get an abortion because of this new law. Nobody in, will do it. In your state, nobody will do it, which you would argue as a citizen of Texas, hey, that's illegal. That's unconstitutional because of Roe v. Wade. You then go you know, to the Supreme well, Court. Here's what the Supreme Court will, they, they'll make a decision about whether they're going to hear the case or not. And they're going to say, hey, 
um, we we can't intervene because we don't have jurisdiction. The state is did not prevent you from getting an abortion. You have every opportunity to get the abortion. Is that what their argument is? Yeah, because it's not the state that's going to enforce the anti-abortion thing. They're going to let you get an abortion if if you can find a doctor in Texas that will perform an abortion. But isn't part of it that no doctors are allowed to perform abortions in Texas? They are all allowed to perform abortions. They are all subject to having their asses sued off. I see. By so this is their way. This this was their way to try to pull it through by circumventing yeah, any possibility. As soon as the, as soon as the state says, "Hey, doc, you can't do you can't do abortions. They're in violation of Roe versus Wade." That's I see. Settled law. That's the Supreme Court ruling, and most likely the Supreme Court would have to intervene and say that's unconstitutional. That's settled. You can't. This no state is allowed to prevent to but pass a law that prevents an abortion prior to the third trimester. Listen. I am a self-declared junior attorney. Oh. And I don't understand. I'm trying to understand the argument here. I don't know how you defend this. Not you, but I don't yeah. know how people defend this. In other words, where's the teeth here for any any piece of paper that the governor of Texas is signing? Yes, I understand what we've, you know, we talked about that you can make these lawsuits and the civil penalties of $10,000, but what's the connection? How does that how is that legally allowed? Now, boiled down into its simplest form. The state of Texas has given every Texas citizen standing to file abortion lawsuits. Which we would presume would be plentiful, right? Because of the religious population there. I'm assuming that's where this comes from. Uh huh. So the assumption is that there would be... Oh, the asshole population. <laughs> well, hey, I'm the one that wants to get rid of religion immediately. You seem to think we need some transition period. Oh, I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, so I mean, is that is that does that help you? You're trying to understand. Does that make it any? Oh, easier? I hear, I hear what you're saying, and I, I guess that I, I understand how I mean, that's the, the legal thing, right? The, but how is that even allowed in the sense that, um, I, I just don't even understand how that would even be possible. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in the in the interim, I I I think I think people think that that there's going to be. Well, there there could be congressional action, right? Could you get that backed up? You know, could you get something through the House that would speak to this? You probably could. Could you get it through the Senate? Well, you could theoretically, as long as we have a, uh, a you know, a one person majority, right? I don't know if a, a bill like that would take the sixty percent. <clears throat> if it does, then the only way to get it through would be. Um, you know, get rid of the filibuster. So let me make sure I understand. There is no law that says you cannot get an abortion in the state of Texas. That's, yeah. But there's so much, just so messy, and there's civil penalties and lawsuits and everything else that the that the goal is to deter the abortion providers from even entertaining the thought of taking somebody in. Right. Providers will not perform it now, and any provider that did would be subject to being sued by any any citizen of the state of Texas. Okay, let's say you're that provider, you're sued. Can that provider then appeal to the Supreme Court and say, this is my right to perform this as a medical clinic, and how do you allow these people the right to sue me? Well, here's what Roe versus Wade says, and <clears throat> to the best of my understanding, didn't write it, um, that no state government can enact any laws that would prohibit abortion prior to the third trimester. So 
you know, the way that the Supreme Court would would respond to this would be, well, the state has not prevented you from getting an abortion. They didn't pass a law that says you can't get an abortion. They passed a law that says, you know, Texan citizens have standing if an abort to, to file lawsuits if an abortion is performed after six weeks or after. A but I would abortion. argue then that that is the same thing. That, 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 that basically, is why you are a junior attorney, <laughs> not a real attorney. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, so I'm not sure. This gets to be too legally complex for me to really understand what the next step is. I understand, I understand clearly what Texas did. And, and, and when they tried to stay, yeah. they're doing it yeah. on purpose right. to, to do this. Then here's the bad news about this, right? I mean, as if that's not bad enough news, right? But it will be the playbook then for for multiple other, conservative states. Yeah, Alabama. So there's, there's a lot of layers here. They're coming. They're all they're all going to file this. They're all going to pass the same laws. Given your explanation of yeah. of how they intend to enact this, do you think that the Supreme Court's answer was correct? Their response was correct. Well, I mean, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that they're not gonna you know, take it up and hear the arguments. I, I, that's, I think that's because appropriate. But is it, it here's why I set this up. Go all the way back to, I want to say it was Kavanaugh. Well, you and I had these heated discussions on the podcast. Anything anything Supreme Court related was heated. Yeah. And of course, the accusation uh, from the left of all the Supreme Court justices in the Trump era was that their purpose is to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I said, that'll never happen they're not hearing that case. They don't want to hear that case. It'll never happen. Mm. And then, you know, a year or two years later, I wake up and I read this story. I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? And and then I even said, all right, even if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, the people will not let it happen. They will storm the state houses. They will, they will not let this happen. We will not give up on 50 years of progress. Well, we might. <laughs> I hope not. And I'm being serious. You know, yeah. we, 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 you know, I purposely like to joke around and keep things lighthearted about yeah. politics, especially for our, most of our listeners who are normies. <laughs> but but I, this is one of those things where it just is fucking asinine. It just it, on so many levels. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of what would be different. What would be different if if the three musketeers uh, had not been appointed to the court by Cheadle Voltemart? What would be different? I don't what know. If, That's why. What, what if? What if? Uh, Kat, what if? Um, what if Obama had been allowed to appoint? What's his name? He's now the head of the Justice Department. Whatever. And then, who knows, right? What if we'd had actually qualified, you know, ju- jurists appointed, you know, to the Supreme Court to become justices? What if they weren't flagrant anti Roe versus Wade? appointees which these were what if their nominations had not been in all ways questionable and pushed through and wrong so let's say we didn't have these three on there and there were some more reasonable Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still alive for instance um, what would be different the, the Supreme Court would have taken this up and there's a term, as I understand it, in in law called de facto. And I think that uh, here's what I think how this could go. 
we're not seeing this happen now because of who's on the Supreme Court and the five-person conservative majority and who they are. And what could have happened if we had different people on the Supreme Court, less partisan conservative justices, they would have taken this up as soon as it happened. And they would rule that that the law giving standing to Texan citizens to sue abortion providers, that that was de facto violation of Roe versus Wade. Well, that's the way I see it. Right. So does that, I, guess, I asked you the question, did they get it wrong? I guess what you're saying is they, this current crop, did get it wrong because if it was under different circumstances as the way you just painted that picture, they probably would have made a different ruling. We don't, we won't, we don't know. We won't know. But I think it'll eventually come back to that. But um, I think that, you know, this has happened quickly. And um, I think that um, we'll have to see. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, a a different the case will have to new future cases will have to be filed differently than the one that than whatever's been filed so far, because. Whatever's been filed so far, they have opted not to hear it. Yeah, was that an official filing, or was it? Um, I I don't know. How 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 does how are they connected? I th- I think that the Center for Sub- Southern Poverty Law Center and different people that typically engage in these kind of lawsuits filed motions and they were turned down. This is just, and I think that if there's any, I mean, the way I'm hearing it, it's just it's just. Um, a deafening silence from the Supreme Court on the Texan law. Um, if there was some official rejection process, I, and I heard there probably was, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on this, that there would have been an opinion written by somebody, um, Amy Comey Barrett or whoever, um, saying why they weren't going to pick up the case. And my guess is that they're citing the the lack of a, of a state, um, of a law being enacted by the state that would prohibit abortions uh, be prior to the third trimester. And but don't you think as soon as there's the signature of a sitting governor that is saying anything about whether or not you can have an abortion or what are the financial consequences if you do, legal consequences if you do, as soon as a, a state governor's signature is on something like that, doesn't that put him at the scene of the crime? Uh, well, I think so. But I think I think now you're hearing from the national Democratic, you know, from the Democratic Party and the White House and the different people that, hey, they're going to fight it, right? And that means putting together a legal strategy either to combat it through the courts or congr- or legislation that would address it, right? And make it illegal to randomly assign standing to citizens for something like this. I mean, I think that's probably probably the way this needs to be attacked is is to go after the the is it going to be legal for state legislatures to provide standing to people that normally would not have legal standing for a lawsuit so i think that's a completely different issue that's not that hasn't been addressed yet so that's going to take time and that's all they really give a shit about right now right they've they've forced this through the the uh the the women hating um, Republican state legislature. But in even that, state. that is is still kind of a messy term because a uh, lot of these, you know, conservative women, it's it's a conservative religious thing and the women support it too. 
because they're anti-abortion. I don't think so, Trav. Of course I, I don't, they do. I don't think the women support it. I think the conservative religious women. Well, do. there may be some of those. There's I, a lot of them. Yeah, but I, mean, I like Texas. <laughs> I like the food. I like the space. I like the anti-democratic laws, but not this one. Well, that's good because uh, they're, you know they're on a roll, right? And so um, we just have to see. I mean, I I think that. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, they were looking for a test case, and and uh, I, I just think that Texas is by far and away. Sorry, Jason, that Texas is by far and away the most corrupt example of state legislature um, that I've seen yet, right? And um, I just don't, um, I just don't know how people. I mean, I think that the public opinion is going to come around to this. Well, maybe that's really the the shift that will happen because. You know, I, I don't know. I, abortion is messy, right? And in my opinion, my libertarian stance on this is like all things with government response. They should get out of your life. Hmm. Government shouldn't tell you how to live your life. Shouldn't shouldn't have a say so in you know whether or not somebody can sue you if you have an abortion. And the democratic talking points of you know Just abortion take- is health care. Yeah, maybe, but it's you know I don't think government should pay for your abortion. I don't think government should give you t- credits for having children either. I mean, I think government needs to get out of your life. Well, I mean, there's some parts of that I could take issue with, but I mean, look, abortion is a healthcare matter and and should not be treated any differently in any context than any other healthcare matter. So, if there are situations in Texas or the United States where the government is paying for healthcare, that should not be singled out because of your personal prejudice against women and their need to to sometimes get an abortion. And it results in even if, in, I'll do you one further. Even if it's their want to get an abortion, you shouldn't have to define it as I need to. Even if you want to, then the government should pay for it. If they're paying for other medical procedures, that one should not be excluded on strictly on the basis that it's abortion, based on some kind of moralistic religious bullshit. Yeah, I guess I could come along with you there. Although okay, I would say I don't think the government should pay for any of your procedures. Well, I mean, that's a different issue, right? But if you pay for some, then you have to pay for I, Yeah, one, I, I know right? what you're saying. That shouldn't be singled out. I right, get because it. that just prolongs. It should all be cut out. That's just prolong. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> fine. That's a different than what you said. Right? Yeah. So um, I think that uh, uh, it's by, by letting those kind of exceptions. I mean, here's what's been happening on this particular issue, right? It's not, it's not the forefront issue for me because I'm not a woman. uh I'm not we're, me and my wife are not of childbearing age or capability at this stage of the game, and we it's not going to be the front burner issue. But I'm outraged by the way this has been handled. The idea that settled federal law regarding this from 50 years ago in the form of World versus Wade that we stand by and watch a state government purposelessly, maliciously devise a way to go around the Supreme Court and defeat, uh, temporarily at least, you know, that is just repulsive. And how anybody anywhere for any reason could, could be okay with that is just frankly beyond me. So you say, you know, stand by and watch. The first example that I read where that's not happening is in the state of Oregon, where they're now trying to pass some emergency law legislation, I'm not sure, where it would ban travel to Texas, I think the way they're wording it, travel and trade to and from Texas for any government-related activities. Well, I mean, look, um, 
where are where are the corporations right that really have some economic impact here where are they on this issue right is coca-cola standing up and doing anything no is anybody nobody it's a deafening silence from the corporate world what do you make of that well i mean they stood up they to change the fucking involved. baseball yeah. game all-star game they don't want to get involved in this issue right they're chicken shit i mean they're like all things corporate their their moralistic stands on issues are phony right there's not a fucking thing both, like if they take an extreme on both sides like they for or against they don't care they don't really care. It's if they if you see a corporation take a stand on a social issue like this, it, the only sole reason that they do that is because somewhere in their calculus they think that's going to help their bottom line. I think so too. Yeah, self-preservation. That's why I brought up the baseball game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that um uh I mean, I think some of the abuses of of voter rights in Georgia prior to the runoffs, right? In the Stacey Abrams uh, gubernatorial race, I think it was outrageous, right? And and it was good that that some corporations made stands regarding that, but it was for their own benefit. They make no mistake about it. So, if we're going to sit back and wait for corporations to to be the moral arbiters of these kind of stories, I think it's a mistake. But are, do you think then in this day and age that corporations would have a greater influence than obviously the Supreme Court if they chose not to weigh in on it? I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that this is being driven in in Texas by the Republican Party who 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 has seen and continues to see their state turn blue in front of their very eyes. And while they have some power left, they're trying to do everything they can on as many fronts as possible to shore that power up. They're going to rig the election laws to to suppress the vote, to make it harder for Democrats to gain seats in their state legislature or send Democratic representatives to the federal Congress, and and they're going to change laws like this that they think will pander to the base wants of the far right. Why do you think that that is still one of the base wants of the far right? Because they're 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 control freaks. They're misogynistic. They're they they don't believe women should have equal rights. They. There, there, there's a lot of old white men in these institutions that believe that they somehow have the right and the power to make health decisions for women, which is fucking nonsense. So do, you, do you think that this is more of a of an age thing or a political alignment thing? Like, you know, clearly it's it's coming from the Republican Party. The conservatives. It's just old white men. I don't know. There's a lot of them. I mean, yeah. there's still a lot of them in the legislatures there, but it's white. It's white men in general. I mean, they're the ones that drive these kind of laws. It's not white women. Right, I'm going to ask you again. Yeah, you still coming? You're not coming around yet on term limits? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just not an issue for me. I just want the people to vote out the the. How about age limits? No, let's get some younger people in Congress. <laughs> Listen, um, have you heard the, the nonsense coming out of the mouths of people like, you know, Jeff Hawley and and um, uh, the, the Democratic uh, speaker, 
Kevin McCarthy. Um, Republican. Yeah, Republican Kevin McCarthy. I mean, these guys are younger, right? Um, the, the jackass that always shows up at the hearings in his in his dress shirt with no coat, but his dress shirt and his tie. And, you know, the guy that put Hillary through 12 hours of grueling questioning about uh, Benghazi. And now he he's crying because they want him to testify about his conversations with President Trump on January 6th. Fuck these guys. So there's no hope for the youth then either? It's not a youth thing. This is dogma. This is this is the this is a this is the. I don't even know the right way to put it. I, I wish I had a more eloquent way to put this, but this is Republican power grabbing um, or trying to save what power they have or whatever, and it's just based on nothing except that. I mean, the only thing that Kevin McCarthy gives a shit about is being the Speaker of the House, and he's he feels that to do that. You know, after January 6th, he came out and said that Trump caused this. It was his fault. It was his incitement and all of that. And then he got slapped by Trump for that. And then go look it up. Go look up the picture of him down there kissing the ring in Mar-a-Lago because he realized that that if, in fact, and at that point it was two full years out, if, in fact, there was going to be some kind of uh, switch in the house, that he wasn't going to be the 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 speaker of the house if he if he didn't kowtow to what he wants. He's just the worst, Kevin McCarthy. Oh, and by the way, the name of the other Republican uh, congressman I was trying to think of from California, Nunez, mm, Devin Nunez, Devin Nunez, yeah. biggest piece of shit See, you, ever. You do, you do have your brain still working. It still works, <laughs> but you know this is a bigger deal than the usual hot button issues i think with the republicans because they you mean the, the abortion thing yeah yeah because they there's definitely an identity crisis we've talked before we had a whole podcast on the republican party is dead but this really is um they're drawing a line in the sand like i don't think we've seen ex- except maybe you know when the tea party came about but but this is at a whole other level because they have this identity crisis they have to figure out who they are and who they want to be by the next election and beyond and I really think that they're doubling down on their core principles or what their new principles are going to be. And I have to say, I think and I hope that I don't, I don't think their base is as big as they think it is. No, I, I hope not. And I'm, I'm encouraged that you seem to be coming around to that point of view. I mean, I mean, I, I this is what I've been saying for the last year solidly about the Republican Party. I mean, so I don't know why – you know, I don't know why it takes longer for some people to see it. I do think people are going to see it, and it's encouraging. If you're seeing it like that, that's encouraging to me that that more people that haven't seen it like that so far will eventually come to realize what's going on. This is not business as usual for the Republican Party. This is not just, hey, Republicans and Democrats see things differently, and, hey, I, you know, if I'm a Republican supporter, I, I totally toe the party line because I think – because it's not just it's not about a bunch of things that the Republicans want. It's about this. It's just about power. It's not about anything else. And it doesn't matter what 
what integrity, what amount of integrity you have to sacrifice as a group of Republicans to accomplish it. They don't care anymore. Yeah, but the power. That's what you're seeing, you know. Yeah, and I don't disagree, except for the power is only going to stay if they have the numbers and if they have the support. And I just don't think that they do. Well, you just, here's the thing. We can't, as anybody that recognizes this, right, we can't just sit back and depend on that. Well, eventually, hey, this is just the squeaky wheel getting the attention above. No, there are long-term strategic plans at work here that I've been telling you about, everybody about, not just you, Travis, that, that, and that Democrats have been talking about for quite a while. And it's not the same as usual it's they're much more involved the voter suppression laws this is a 10-year strategy that they are orchestrating with the finesse of an orchestra conductor and i always thought you didn't need a conductor for an orchestra you, you get up there like listen who are, you? <laughs> who are you why are you here well i mean but i mean definitely um you know there have been i mean they're, they're, these are concerted, long, what's the right term? What do we always say about the Chinese? They're, they're in the long game. They're playing the long game. They're, they're communists. They're, <laughs> they're commies. Um, Commie bastards. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they are executing a playbook for a long game plan to to regain and retain their power and it doesn't matter to them what they have to do in order to do it. There's no line that they won't cross. They they have no moral compass at all. And that is so, simply not true of Democrats. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can agree there. And I think the biggest difference is um, there was a period of time where – you doing all right? Are you doing the foot tap? No. Oh, I thought you had to pee. I'll just tell you. <laughs> there was a period of time where I think it was important, uh, at, at least for a conservative, you know, mind person like me, not on these social issues, but just, you know, mm-hmm. mostly financial and tax and all that other shit, where it was better to do whatever it takes to vote out Democrats, uh, because I think that those things, the Democratic policies are damaging to our society. They need to get out of our lives. And I, and I still believe that. However, I think when the Republicans again are drawing a new line in the sand, they're just they're just daring people to jump off the boat. And I think ultimately this will be good because I and I still stand by my comments where the Republican Party is dead, but I think that we'll come out of this. I don't think more people are going to vote blue. I think more people I think and I hope there will be this generational shift coming from young people where they decide there is a better way and it's and it's based on, you know, personal freedoms and liberties. And I we don't have to get into the specifics about, you know, covid or selfishness and, and things like that, but it's 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 not dissimilar to things like the great resignation that you're seeing about in jobs reports where people are leaving their jobs because they're realizing that there's more important things than work and, and a work-life balance or tipped more towards the life part is the most important thing. And I think that will trickle all the way through to politics <laughs> where people are going to abandon the Republican Party because they're going, you guys are just fucking crazy. I mean, there's just craziness here that doesn't make sense. We can't support anything that you're doing. You're not driving us in the right direction. And I well, think- what do you? Why do you think that? I'm I'm not particularly pulling for that outcome that you're describing there, because without 
some kind of without some kind of game plan, that kind of thing goes awry. And so um, what I would rather see is that the Republican Party fix their shit and get back to their job of being the counterbalance to a productive government. And and we need to get our minds off this pie-in-the-sky horseshit about moving to a new, better work-life balance and blah, 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 blah. Why blah. is that pie in the sky? Because it's nonsense. How is just it nonsense? Get back to, listen, just get back to trying to govern the country if you're a political party, right? The, it's not, we don't want the Republican Party to fall down under its own weight and collapse. Yeah, I agree with you. That's a distinct possibility. Not the desired outcome. Not for me. Okay? Yeah, but what you're, I think what you're, overlooking here is that's not to say there isn't going to be a plan and that doesn't where is that plan going to come from well i think the difference is this i think the idea and the future of a two-party system and the in the idea of compromise based on as you said a counterbalance of two political two opposing political parties i think that needs to die i think you need at least a bona fide third voice in there or even if it's just independence that literally say because i'm not one of these guys that says if this is a republican idea it's a good idea and if it's a democratic idea it's a bad idea the talking points as we say the point is something from the right side of the aisle might be worth voting on today and something on the left side of the aisle it might be, be worth voting on tomorrow yeah but not but they don't not do it from that the way. current not from the current right side of the aisle or the left well i, I don't agree with how that. much crossover is there from the left i mean that's almost like political suicide if you're anybody on the left and you vote with the republicans um, I, I don't think we're seeing that on the left. I mean, you see, you're certainly seeing it on the, on the, on the right, where any any Republican uh, elected official that that doesn't completely get down and kiss Donald Trump's shoes on a regular basis is primaried out of existence. That's not happening on the left. Yeah, what, and that, what's because we don't because the the left is in charge. The left has the presidency. The left has the agenda. Well, it didn't happen during Trump. It did too. Nobody supported anything Trump said, and who could blame him? Well, who would? <laughs> I know, but it did happen. Well, look, just to take this back a notch, I I know what you're talking about, and it's not that I don't understand. I I don't. I'm not a big fan of the idea of the political system being taken apart without. Of, of, without something ready to go in its place. And, you said the same thing about religion. I don't get it. Let it well, die. Well, because, you know, things, power vacuums are not good. And and if if the Republican Party crumbles under, under the weight of its own stupidity, which is what I'm seeing, um, then you're left with a void and a whole bunch of dangerous people to fill it. And I, I, don't I think, think so, I think simultaneous, I think, I think the void will be filled. I don't think there's going to be a void. I think simultaneously... Uh, as the Republican Party collapses, you will see a movement of young people like, you know, who solve all the problems, right? You were young once. We didn't solve anything. <laughs> I was young once. Where th I think these problems are all our doing. Yeah, I get All of it. us hippies. <laughs> this is what you got. But I think and I hope that more people, old people can participate too, but they will start to say and, and question and ask themselves, there's got to be a better way. I think those are the conversations that need to happen. There's got to be a better way. There are, there are things that everybody should get behind and say, that's just fucking stupid and shouldn't be allowed to happen, like this Texas abortion thing. And there are other things that we should say, 
you know what? I just want to order off the menu. I don't want these two choices. I want to order off the menu. You know, since um, since Republicans have developed this uh, nothing can shame us attitude. I, I don't know. It's it's very difficult, right? So anyway, I'm gonna I'm going to sort of wrap this up on the note that I'm thrilled that you're starting to see the seriousness and the reality of what this whole Texan abortion law stuff is really saying about what's going on. You're seeing something and you're coming to understand something that I think is very important. Yeah, it they're drawing a line. It's not the same. This is not the same stuff. This is not SOP for, for Republicans or political parties or anything. This is new shit and it's bad shit that but we're don't, seeing. But them. don't you think that they're past the point of no return with this? You, you mentioned the word test case, you know, whether Texas is the test case and there'll be other states that want to try this too. But they're, they're, they're. I don't know, man. We may have to expand the court to fix this problem. It's been poisoned now with a very partisan, um, conservative majority, um, brought in by the wrong people <clears throat> under the wrong circumstances. And see, that's what I go back to my comments about the Newsom recall election. I don't want Newsom to be the governor, but I don't, I don't think we need a recall. I think we need to do this. You know, if you wanna, after a four-year term. So same yeah. thing with the Supreme Court. I don't think that's the solution, expanding the court. I think just in general, that's a race to the bottom. Well, they're not the same thing at all. No, so. they are the same thing because I guess my point to that is by by adding more justices to the Supreme Court, the idea would be that you'd have more liberals who would intervene on well, this Texas thing. You know, we sat back as people and we let, um, we let the Republicans butcher the process of, of – making nominations to the Supreme Court. We sat back, we watched them do it, we let them do it, and now we have to figure out how to fix it because the result of that is bad. It's very I, bad. I, I agree with you there. Right? But you, we, we, we debated this. You know, we, we spent a lot of hours on it. Mm -hmm. And again, you used the word let. I mean, there was nothing you or I could do on those, no, no. On those days. And I, think, and I think we agreed. Absolutely there is. You go to your... You go to your representatives. If you're, if you're a Democrat, <laughs> you go to your people and you tell them, hey, expand the court and fix this problem. But is that really the solution? It's the solution. But what's going to happen whenever the time period comes around again when you have whatever the number is, 15 conservative justices? Now you'll never get, a, get them out. Well, maybe this is where you need term limits, right? Not not in the necessarily in the elected, you know, in the Congress or something. Listen, seniority in the Congress, in the Senate, equates to power and so if it's senior democrats you're talking about i don't want to see that power be eroded by term limits i would think you would see that the same way as a non-republican no i think term limits are good <clears throat> so that's fine but i don't want it in the in the congress but i could see it in the supreme court i think that the idea of lifetime things just make this i mean that's the single factor that is making me say okay you got to expand the court because i think we as a people have let the court get fucked up and too one too one-sided and now since they're lifetime appointments right and you can't i don't think you can change that um that that now maybe you have to add more seats but i think a better solution would be to change it like, what, what do you need, a constitutional amendment? Well, to I don't do that? know. I don't know what you would need to impose term limits on the Supreme Court. I don't, 
I mean, is that even in the Constitution? I'm not sure it is. I, I, it's been a while. Yeah, where is it? I don't know. But we, you know, if it doesn't take a, I mean, I have no faith in anything that takes a constitutional amendment. Um, but uh, if, and I don't want to change the Constitution too often, but if something like the the, the amount of time that a, that a U.S. Supreme Court justice spends on the bench, if that's short of an amendment, maybe that's the, what, something needs to happen. I don't really care if you expand the court. I just want to see where, where, minimally the the lopsidedness of that court can that there's some kind of remedy you know that can be affected by public opinion yeah and i think i just think expanding the court in general though that's just bad shit's going to happen when the tables are turned i don't think that serves us well 20 30 50 years down the road well maybe and 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 look you know you can still have even with you know, what I think are just not good justices on the Supreme Court, on the conservative side. I mean, I just have zero respect for, I mean, Gorsuch seems to be okay, sort of, but of course the other two are just ringers. And, and, but they still, even though they're supposed to be apolitical, they still answer to certain forces. And we just need to do whatever it is we need to do as the public to make that felt on the court. And, and so you listen, this thing in Texas, I mean, we need to unite up against that because it's wrong for no other reason. There's no other reason that we should need. There are other reasons, but we need as a people to to tell Texas, hey, we get that you're lost in your own little power struggle here, but we as your fellow states and Americans, I'm not going to put up. Do with you this. want another reason, though? Sure. What's another reason? I'll tie it into climate change. Go ahead. There's too many fucking people on this planet. <laughs> well, too many of them are Texan. I'll give you that much. <laughs> There's too many no people. No offense, Jason. Did, were you the one who was telling me, somebody was telling me recently, maybe we talked about it, I don't remember, where Texas can, they built something into their constitution where they can secede from the union? Uh, not me. I never talked. Have you ever heard that? No. That can't be right, can it? It can't. Be right. That's what That's I thought. It's called. Look, there's a name for that. Do you not know what it is? <laughs> yeah, seceding from the union. It's sedition. And it's illegal. It's a federal offense, and it's real. So I, I know it's one of those. Yeah, things. but if you're seceding, you don't care about the federal offense. In your mind, you're there is no there is no federal government. We You've left just, it. We will just turn Texas into a territory and treat them like Puerto Rico. Do you think that it that's what it, it it's going to take to overturn some of this crazy shit that's coming out of there? I mean, where, where do you, how do you see this playing out? I don't know. I think that I mean, one way to go about it is to is for you know, the the public that is not that doesn't like the way things are going in Texas, the Texas public that doesn't like that specifically mostly but all of us in general can have an effect on this, right? The Democratic Party can have an effect on this. And I don't know that we can change this completely fucked up mess concerning the, the, their abortion law there, that we can change it with a snap of our fingers. Two fronts. I think we should do anything we can to support anything that will change that in the state of Texas. Like this Oregon thing? Um, I don't, what was the Oregon Where thing they, again? they won't allow any, basically, trade or travel mm. on a government level? I'm not a huge fan of boycotts, one way or the other. I don't think boycotts work. I've never seen them do anything particularly. Um, but I think that, um, you know, there there are a number of ways. I mean, you heard them in the pocketbook. That's that's really where that comes from. So if that if there's a way to make that work, great. 
Um, they won't understand anything else. Uh, nothing else will affect them. Um, where, where are the where are the uh, Democrats of Texas? Remember, they did this whole walkout over the voter thing. Yeah. How come they didn't walk out over this? Yeah, well, I don't know if they've had time. I think it's already <laughs> passed. I mean, they're there. I mean, they can't run it out of state every time there's an. That's not the right. No, way I know it either. wasn't right then either. But I mean, they made a big deal uh, of it. And I got- don't know. I mean, I think that I think going to this to the federal government at that juncture in time was the right thing for them to do as far as statements go it brought the attention to it um that it needed and i think we're yet to really understand what the long-term effects of that will be i think federal voting rights laws are probably a dead issue at this stage of the game other i think the biden administration has redone the calculus on this and and i think that climate change and infrastructure um and are going to take precedence over voting over voting rights laws for current for this for now um we'll see um we'll see what happens i mean again these giant cataclysmic uh natural disasters you just really put a wrench into every administration right and so get your eye off the ball for a while um sometimes that can be a godsend for an administration sometimes not um, so I think the other thing we need to do in regards to Texas is, is we need to work as I'm going to just say Democrats or you know the liberal the left, we need to work on stopping this from spreading to other states. Because how do you the, do that? The more places this spreads to, this this tactic that we allow it to spread to, the harder it's going to be to unwind. How and, do you do? And that? We're going to wind it. How? Well, with federal legislation, if nothing else, and through the court, through the Supreme Court. I mean, it's not a loss. It's not a last deal. The Supreme Court, although we can see how they're affected, you know, when we say, well, the Supreme Court's not a political entity, so the politics of things really don't matter. Well, I mean, so we just explained, we, you and I have just talked about how it did matter, how it is mattering in this particular situation. The, 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 the law in Texas could have been taken up by the Supreme Court on an emergency basis, and they could have put a stay, if for no other reason, just to examine why, why the law farther. Why can't one of these obscure federal judges, like I referenced earlier, stop it? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. Uh, I think that it probably, because I think it, it, I think the only mechanism there is to stop it is Roe versus Wade. I don't think there are any lower statutes than Roe versus Wade. So I think when, when you are trying to say, hey, this state is in conflict with Roe versus Wade, you have to go to the Supreme Court. Well, here's what I think and hope. I, I think that my understanding of the Supreme Court's acknowledgement or lack of on this particular case mm-hmm. was their way of trying not to deal with it because they know if they do directly have to hear the case, I think they would they would uphold Roe versus Wade and they would see that what Texas is trying to do is in conflict with that. That's my hope. And I think that. Right. But doesn't that doesn't that speak to the fact that they are hopelessly be they have become hopelessly partisan? I don't think I would take the word become out. They, they've always been. I think it's it's this, it would be I mean, this this five. It's not just this, this five. five. It's, it's both sides, Mike. Come on, how do how can you say that no Supreme Court justice ever has has been partisan? Well, I, I don't think I said that. No, you didn't. But I mean, the assumption is. I mean, how old is our country? Two hundred and forty <laughs> years old. I think that it's been political based all along the way, and that's why presidents of a particular political party get to nominate 
these justices because they they hope that they're going to pick somebody who aligns with them politically. I think that's that's my assumption anyway. I've never looked at it and said, yeah, they're pretty neutral. You hope that they make sound good judgments as legal scholars. You hope that there's some element of peer pressure amongst their colleagues to do the right thing for the country. But I don't think that that, that partisanship ever goes away. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there's some, there is some price to pay uh, that has yet been extracted, exacted um, for the, for the, for the way that this has been handled by the, what was the Republican controlled Senate over the last couple of administrations. And I I think that, you know, we need to make them pay the price. I mean, I think, I think that the, the politicians on the left need to make the case out to the public for, for how this process has been subverted and uh, for the purposes of evil by, by, by McConnell and, and by his ilk and, and by that group. And, and um, we need to, you know, we need to start, look, the Democrats need to come to play, right? If they're going to keep waiting around for everybody on the right to do the right thing, they're going to wait forever because I, no, I think they're they have that. lost their moral compass. And I think they will win that messaging. I think if Democrats come out and say, hey, listen, folks, look, look what's happening. You and we need to come together and, and take them out. I think, I think they're going to get a lot of support. I just hope those people who leave the Republican Party don't end up all in the Democratic Party. But, but I think that the rallying <laughs> cry is there and loud. Well, I mean, you should hope they end up in the Democratic Party, right? I mean, that's how you want to try to bring that party a little bit back toward the center from the, from the far left influences that you have been very vocal that you're very afraid of or worried about is probably a better term, right? Um, so, uh, I mean, I think... I, I just don't know. I mean, on the left, I see the processes working the way they're supposed to. I see the, the push and pull between the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party and the and the more centrist wing. And I see the influence they're exerting over policy decisions. And, yeah, they're not getting everything they want. And, they, and I don't want them to get everything they want. And and you should – no, you don't. And I don't so, want them to get anything they want. Well, I – that's, Talking that's about tax fine. increases, you know, let's let's settle from thirty nine to twenty five. Fuck, let's leave it alone. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, I so mean, what have we learned today, my friend? What what positive uh, spin can we can we finish up with? Oh, that you're coming over to the light. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can't spin it that way. Um, well, I mean, I, th- I know, have to call out absurdity w- whenever and wherever thing, I see it. That is for sure. Things march on. I mean. Uh, I I was interested to to see if you would be affected by you know this development, um, uh, and you you are and and in the way I had hoped so that's good I think that's good not not to say you're coming over to the other side, <laughs> but, but I mean that's what I would hope for is that when things are this you know this blatant and this uh, this purposefully done and following this very. Uh, um, malevolent playbook that the, that the Republicans have put in place and have been following for the last many years, uh, and are swinging in the high gear while they can. I mean, because otherwise they're going to lose Texas, right? I mean, prior to this election, there was a lot of talk that's about Texas think. going blue, right? And right. I think that that's probably 
a big part of the reason because wherever Republicans think they're losing grip, they go nuclear. I, and I don't think this helps them keep it red unless they have a mass influx of people moving from other states into Texas, which they have, you know, but not at the rate I think they're going to need. Well, I mean, look at the look at the nonsense with their power grid last this winter. I mean, I mean, I think that kind of, those kind of occurrences are going to continue in Texas, and and uh, the people that were affected by that are are not these, not these, not these Republican. They're just not the Republicans, right? It's it's the people that lived in the poorest parts of Texas that were negatively affected the most by that kind of nonsense, that kind of deregulation, that kind of full blown Republican Party policy throughout that state and you see what happens in that state for it and who pays for it again it's it's the poor and it's the minority communities and you 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 can fuck with those people at your own peril that's what i think well you couldn't have said it more positively than i had asked (laughs) (laughs) you know for me uh anymore that's this is a very positive day (laughs) I'm very up today. All right, my friend. Have we had enough? Yep, that's good. All right, everybody. See ya.